Hello, I'm Dwayne McCurry, the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. And the purpose of this podcast is to give you an introduction to the book of Luke. We begin our journey through Luke's gospel in December of 2020, and we will continue that journey through May of 2021. In the spring quarter, we're going to be focusing on chapters 10 through 24. In the previous introduction for the study of the first half of Luke, We focused on Luke himself, his life, the sources he used, and a few themes that are general to the Gospel of Luke. In this podcast, we're going to look at some information about Theophilus, consider some things that sets Luke's Gospel apart, and identify a few themes to focus on as we look at the second half of Luke's Gospel. First of all, Theophilus. In chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, of Luke's gospel, we find these words. Many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as the original eyewitnesses and servants of the word handed them down to us. So it also seemed good to me, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first, to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honorable Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. In the first chapter of Acts, we also find another reference to Theophilus. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. These are the only two places Theophilus are mentioned in the Bible. That's Luke chapter 1 and Acts chapter 1. These few verses don't give us much to go on when we think about who Theophilus was. We know his name is Greek, and it means lover of God or friend of God. This causes some to propose that Theophilus is a placeholder, a generic title for Gentiles who are interested in knowing Christ. Lest we think that this is a new idea, the first person to suggest this was Irenaeus, who wrote in the late 2nd century, When we look at these verses, we also see that Luke called him most honorable and most excellent, depending on your translation. That term is used by Luke in three other places, Acts 23, verse 26, Acts 24, 3, and Acts 26, 5. In all three of those situations, it was used in reference to a high-ranking official. That leads us away from the generic idea and to conclude that Theophilus was an actual person. The use of the term most honorable or most excellent points to Theophilus being a person of influence. One would not be surprised for a doctor like Luke to have access to people with position. Some have proposed that Dr. Luke was a servant of Theophilus at some point and was the least of his duties. These scholars see Luke as either expressing his gratitude by dedicating these works to Theophilus or as being contracted by Theophilus to do this research and create this account. Theophilus, the name, also indicates that he was a Gentile. When we compare Luke's account to the other gospel accounts, we can see that Luke was writing to someone with a Gentile or Greek perspective. For example, Luke speaks in more general terms. When relaying Jesus' teachings about the end of time, Luke phrases the term abomination of desolation as an encircling of Jerusalem with armies. We find that in Luke 21, 20. He did not assume a Jewish understanding or interpretation of history when he did so. 
Luke also pointed to events in Roman history to set the context. For example, Matthew pointed to Herod being king at Jesus' birth, while Luke pointed to Caesar Augustus' decree and Quirinius being governor of Syria. One thing we don't know about Theophilus is was he a believer needing assurance or a seeker needing clarification? Either way, he needed to know with certainty what he had been taught about Jesus. Luke presented a researched, factual case for the validity of Jesus as the only source of salvation for all people. We mentioned in our introduction that there are some unique features in Luke's gospel that sets it apart. First of all, there are some 500 verses, roughly, that are unique to Luke's gospel. That's amazing when we note that his gospel contains 1,151 verses. If we add the verses that make up Acts, which are also written by Luke and addressed to Theophilus, and that's 1,007 verses, we get a total of 2,158 verses penned by Luke and addressed to Theophilus. Now keep in mind, the New Testament contains 7,957 verses. If we do the math, 27% of the New Testament is written by Luke and addressed to Theophilus a little over one-fourth. In those 500 or so unique verses, we find the birth account that includes Zechariah, Elizabeth, the shepherds, Simeon, and Anna, all giving us an enormous amount of detail on the birth and early years of Jesus' life. In chapters 10 and following, we find Jesus sending out the 72, Mary listening to Jesus while Martha complains about her work, we also find a tax collector named Zacchaeus climbing a tree seeking to see Jesus. Now remember Theophilus. He would have identified with Zacchaeus since he too was wanting assurance about all he had heard about Jesus. In Luke's gospel, we also find the parable of the Good Samaritan, the lost coin, and the lost son. And we're told a story about a tax collector who humbly admitted his need for forgiveness while a Pharisee declared his self-righteousness. In these unique passages of Luke's gospel, we also find some conversations that no doubt caught Theophilus' attention. We read about the conversation between Jesus and a criminal during his crucifixion. We hear Jesus promising the repentant criminal a place in his kingdom. We also find a conversation with two followers on their way to Emmaus. They too had heard about Jesus' resurrection and needed assurance, just like Theophilus. We are told how Jesus pointed them to the scriptures to help them understand what was going on, similar to what Luke was doing with Theophilus. These unique verses also highlight some key themes to look for in Luke's gospel, especially in the second half of his account. First of all, we find the availability of salvation to all who turn to faith in Jesus. Zacchaeus, the criminal, Mary and Martha, the stories of the prodigal, and the repentant tax collector, they all focus on salvation coming through faith in Jesus alone. Another theme that we see is a future judgment that's coming and the urgency for commitment. Some of the parables point to this theme, and so does the conversation between Jesus and the criminal on the cross. In that conversation, we find a man who admits he deserved the death he was experiencing, and that death was imminent. Urgency would have been an understatement in that setting. A third idea we find in Luke's gospel is the truth of Jesus. 
Jesus actually died on a cross and was physically resurrected. Luke includes encounters with women at the tomb, the two followers on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus appearing to his disciples in a locked room. No doubt is left as if Jesus is the resurrected Savior. This third theme, this idea about truth, gets us to the heart of Luke's message. Truth seems to be a rare commodity in our times like it was then. We don't know exactly who to trust or what to trust. We might not even trust ourselves at times when it comes to the truth. How many times have we failed to tell the truth for fear of getting labeled or being questioned? Luke stated in the prologue to his gospel account that his goal in writing was so that Theophilus might know the truth. To accomplish his goal, Luke told about people who discovered the truth. We are told about the young lawyer who discovered that a Samaritan was an example of a neighbor. We're told about a tax collector who was willing to climb a tree so he could discover the truth. Luke tells us of Peter failing to tell the truth as Jesus faced a tribunal. We're also told about a criminal who discovered the truth while being executed. We find a group of women who find the truth in the form of an empty tomb. That same Peter who had failed to tell the truth about Jesus discovers that same empty tomb and he is commissioned to tell that truth in the future. During our study of Luke chapters 10 through 24, we'll examine these encounters and others as people sought the truth. We will discover along with them and Theophilus that Jesus is the truth, and he offers himself to any who will believe in him. Our prayer is that our faith will be affirmed and strengthened so that we too can know and share the truth with confidence and boldness. I hope you will join us each week as we continue our study in Luke's Gospel.